Hello, crime culture listeners. It's Elliot, uh, the guy who edits the podcast every week. I just wanted to jump in here real quick and let you know that because of holiday travel plans and some technical difficulties, we had to release this episode a bit late. Uh, Because of that, you'll hear a lot of references to Thanksgiving, which obviously by now has already come and gone. Uh, Ignore all of that and pretend you're time traveling or something. It'll be fun. Uh, Yeah, that's it. Thank you so much to everybody who has supported the podcast so far, and I hope you enjoy this episode. What up? Nothing. What up with you? Nothing. Other than happy like, almost just being Thanksgiving. Your cute self. Yes, happy almost Thanksgiving. Happy birthday. Thanks. It yeah. was my birthday. Last week, last post day. The day we, before. No, the day before last post day. It, well, my birthday I was, was on say, Monday. If, if we were like on our shit, we would have mentioned that last week. Yeah. <laughs> I, I week. forgot what day it was coming out. Honestly. I forgot what day I forgot what day it was coming out. I had a but lot of stuff. I didn't going forget on. what day you came out. Ah, November twelfth. That's me. <laughs> so as I explained to Haley, I knew that her birthday was November twelfth, not because I'm good at remembering birthdays or anything like that, because I'm not, but just because I had like a mini heart attack on November eighth. Like, oh shit, I missed Haley's birthday. Yeah. That and then I was like, uh, oh, pretty November twelfth, November twelfth, November twelfth. Yeah. Yeah. Welcome to the podcast. Yes, welcome to Crime Culture. We're going to do part two of uh, Jeffrey Dahmer today. Our friend Dahmer. Yeah, so if you're going to visit some family and you're just going to eat a big old meal this week. <laughs> I thought you were going to say and you're just going to eat them. <laughs> <laughs> you're going to eat a big old meal. Just uh, keep this in the back of your mind. Just think about Jeffrey Dahmer and how he likes eating people. Yeah. I think we left off... I'm trying to look at my notes here. We left off on Jeffrey eating people. We left off um, in his 1990s murders. Here, while you figure it out, I'm going to do some ASMR. I don't like it. Ooh. (laughs) Ooh. Am I at the movies? Where's the popcorn sound? Um, That's as good as it's going to get. (laughs) <laughs> so we are going to start talking about the uh, 1991 murders. So in okay. February of 1991, Dahmer observed a 17-year-old named Sturtis... Sturtis... Oh, Jesus Christ, this is going great. <laughs> Curtis. Say, what's his name? <laughs> Curtis. Sturtis. That's, the... that's what you're going to name your firstborn, right? <laughs> I saw the last name and I panicked because I don't know how to pronounce it. It's Curtis <laughs> S- Strotter. S-T-R-A-U-G-H-T-E-R. Yeah, Strotter. Okay, like, good. Like, think about, like, distraught. Okay, Curtis Strotter. As he his parents probably at... were. The distraught Strotters. Okay, I'm done, I'm done, I'm sorry. He was standing at a bus stop near Marquette University, and according to Dahmer, he lured Strotter into his apartment with an offer of money for posing for nude photographs, which was his kind of MO to, like, get people to his apartment. Um... And he added the incentive of uh, sexual intercourse. Nice of him. Always always a good incentive. Right? Dahmer drugged and strangled Strotter with a leather strap. There's a lot of 
alliterations there. Um, and then uh, dismembered him, uh, and he kept the the boy's skull, hands, and genitals, and photographed each stage of the dismemberment process. I also like that you refer to him as a boy here, because sometimes we forget. He's 17. And this is that's, a child. That's a boy. Yeah, that's, yes. that's pretty fucked. That's yeah. pretty fucked. Mm-hmm. Um... Less than two months later, on April 7th, Dahmer encountered a 19-year-old named Errol Lindsay walking to get a key cut, which is a weird uh, piece of information. It's very no, specific. I, I mean, like, no, it's very specific. He was going to get a key made. He was going to Lowe's, and he was going to use the, the Minute Key kiosk, and I guess. they're going to sponsor us now, and... Yeah. We just, the, he he just, he wanted to get a key made for yeah. his, like, mom or girlfriend or super. Well, this was interesting. Uh, this was going to be the first of the, um, the kind Murders? of zombies. No, the zombies <laughs> that he tried to, to create. Um, and this was also interesting because Lindsay was uh, actually a... I wasn't aware of that. Yeah. He was actually a heterosexual, which wasn't usually Dahmer's uh, M.O., um, he nope. uh, he he all like he always said that like he was going for just like who he thought was the most attractive. It wasn't necessarily like a certain race or a certain age or a certain anything. I mean, at least he's not a bigot. I guess. I mean, um, I suppose that's always that's always good. Yeah. So Lindsay was a heterosexual, and so Dahmer lured him to his apartment. I don't know how because it couldn't be for like the posing for photographs or anything because that would have been weird. But right. he got him to his apartment, he drugged him, and then he drilled a hole in his skull and poured hydrochloric acid into it. Cute. Ugh. Yeah. And oh, according God. to Dahmer, Lindsay woke after the experiment, which Dahmer what? had conceived. Yeah. So Dahmer had oh. conceived this experiment to oh. induce a permanent, unresistant, submissive state. Yeah. I don't like that. I don't like that. I don't like that. That's like, oh, God. Yeah, it it gets worse. Um, I don't. So, I didn't need to know it got worse. So after, like, obviously he had a, a drill like in his skull, and uh, he passed out, and hydrochloric acid was poured into his head, and then he woke up and he said, "I have a headache. What time is it?" Oh, yeah. honey muffin baby. So in oh. response to this, Dahmer again drugged him and then strangled him. He decapitated Lindsay and retained his skull and then flayed his body, placing the skin in a solution of cold water and salt for several weeks what in the hope fuck? of, yeah, he wanted to permanently keep it. So I guess oh. he was trying to figure a way to retain it. Um, he, that. Yeah. He reluctantly disposed of the skin when he noted that it had become too frayed and brittle. Ugh. Yeah. That's so. Ugh. By 1991, fellow residents of the Oxford Apartments had repeatedly complained to the building's manager of foul smells emanating from apartment 213, in addition to sounds of falling objects and the occasional sound of a chainsaw. I think if uh, I started up a chainsaw in my apartment, I don't think that would fly that great. I mean, on one hand, like, no, I feel like that wouldn't go well. That wouldn't be okay. On the other hand, I'm surprised that the neighbors even thought said anything. To, yeah, thought to say anything because, like, 
I have distinct memories. I have I had them more back in Connecticut, but I I have like really bad night terrors. And there was one where I was screaming, like Michael was trying to both wake me up to like calm me down and to shush me because mm-hmm. I was at the I'm talking apparently like top of my lungs. I just started screaming, "Who are you?" who are you and then as michael and then as michael tried to like wake me up and calm me down he had to pin me down because i was like swiping at him because you know as i do swipe or no swiping Mm -hmm. and he i like still like just bloody murder just yelling like yeah if you're a neighbor in that situation you call yeah and like and we can hear we could hear our downstairs neighbor like yelling constantly at say like the tv or like yeah. for a video game or something our next door neighbor um was in a choir we could hear him rehearse like it wasn't like you couldn't hear me yeah i was yeah exactly i was being like i'm loud on a normal day imagine yeah, me creepy. screaming in terror yeah no one called no one said anything yeah like but, the neighbors um, didn't even say like hey you good like the next <laughs> yeah. day so people are complaining about the sounds of fucking chainsaws but management did uh contact Dahmer and um in response to the complaints and on several occasions and Dahmer initially excused the odors um as being caused by his freezer breaking and then uh yeah and then causing the contents to become spoiled on later occasions he informed management that the reason for um the smell coming back was that several of his tropical fish had recently died what and the fuck? that he would take care of the matter he did have a fish tank that was <laughs> yeah but like, that was in a lot of the pictures oh well my fish are dead so that's why it smells like dead ass in here dead human flesh dead human flesh yes yeah so Ugh. this is i alluded to it in the last episode and if you know Dahmer stuff you know this uh name it's a tough one so excuse me if i don't pronounce it right I've looked it up a couple of times. I, I think this say, is how you say it. I was going to say, does that mean you don't know Dahmer's stuff if you don't know the name? I've seen it spelled, but it's kind of crazy. All right, let's hear it. Uh, much love to the the uh, unfortunate individual. He's just a boy, and it's a very ter- it's terrible what happened, but I can't pronounce things. So I'm apologizing. But to further dishonor your memory, here I'm we go. I'm apologizing right up front. So, on the afternoon of May 26, 1991, Dahmer encountered a 14-year-old named Conorak Synthesomphone. Oh, um, oh, yeah. I know. Yeah, I think you got that right. I think it's right, because I've heard in documentaries right. and stuff. Yeah. So, he, he met him on Wisconsin Avenue, and he approached the boy with an offer of money to accompany him to his apartment to, po- to pose for some pictures. And according to Dahmer, Synthesome Phone um, was the younger brother of the boy who he had molested in 1998, 1988, sorry. Oh, my God. Yeah. That and poor uh, fucking family. Right. And he was initially reluctant uh, to the proposal, but he changed his mind uh, and accompanied Dahmer to his apartment. And he opposed for two pictures in his underwear before Dahmer drugged him into unconsciousness and performed oral sex on him. On this occasion, oh, Dahmer drilled a single hole into Synthesome Phone's skull. Oh, Jesus, Through not which again. he injected hydrochloric acid what into the, the frontal fuck? lobe. Yeah. Before Synthesome Phone fell unconscious, Dahmer led the boy to his bedroom where the nude body of 31-year-old Tony Hughes 
um, who Dahmer had killed three days earlier, was laying naked on the floor. Oh, my life. And according to Dahmer, he believed that Synthosome Phone saw this body um, and didn't react to seeing it, uh, likely the effects of the sleeping pills that he had ingested and the hydrochloric acid that was in his skull. Uh, Synthosome Phone soon became unconscious, where um, Dahmer drank several beers, while lying oh. alongside his body before Casual. leaving the apartment to drink at a bar and then purchase more alcohol. And the early morning hours of May 27th, Dahmer returned to his apartment to discover that Synthesome Phone was sitting naked on the corner of 25th and State, talking to... Oh, no. Uh, he was talking in Laotian, I think is the... Yeah, from Laos. Yes, yes. Um, he was I think talking it's with yeah, Laotian, Laotian or Laotian. It's it's one or the other. The country one is of those. Laos. Yes. So he was talking with uh, three distressed young women who were standing near him. Obviously, this young boy has a hole in his skull and is naked and sitting on you the know, side not of doing the road. Great. Yeah, yeah. Not do- so, overall, hundred percent would say not doing yeah. great. So Dahmer approached the three of them and explained to the women that Synthesome phone. Uh, who he referred to by an alias was his friend, and attempted to lead him to the par- back to his apartment. Oh my! The three God. women dissuaded Dahmer, explaining that they had uh, they had to call nine one one. Upon the arrival of the two officers, uh, Dahmer's demeanor relaxed. He informed the officers that Synthesome Phone was his nineteen year old boyfriend, and that he had drank too much following a quarrel, and he frequently behaved in this manner when he was intoxicated. The three women were exasperated, and one of them uh, attempted to indicate to one of the officers that Synthesome Phone was bleeding from his butt, and that he had seemingly struggled against Dahmer's attempts to walk him to the apartment. The officer harshly informed her to butt out and shut the hell up and not interfere, adding that the incident was domestic. What a fucking dick. Yeah. And this was also, like, I think Dahmer's um, demeanor relaxed a little bit. Because he knew, yeah, but he also knew it would shock them into like backing off, saying that it was his boyfriend. Right. Because this was, this was the early 90s. Not a gay friendly time, right. Yeah. So obviously they're like, oh, okay, all right, let's back the fuck off of this. Let's not be involved in this anymore. Can't stand too close to a gay or you might become one. Yeah. So I think they just kind of wanted to get rid of the situation. Jesus Christ. So, against the but protests of the three no women... No one's gonna ask about the hole in the kid's head? It might. Maybe it was covered by hair? I don't know. Oh, maybe. But I thought they yeah. saw him bleeding, or is that just from the butt? I guess so. <laughs> okay. Yeah, and also, they're having this whole fight and this whole conversation while he's just standing there naked. Yeah. Get this boy a towel. I was gonna say something. A jacket, some pants. Yeah. Um, maybe, I don't know, like, out of there. Yeah, so the officers simply covered, uh, they covered Synthesome Phone with the towel and walked okay. him to Dahmer's apartment, where uh, in an effort to verify the claim, he and Synthesome Phone were lovers. Dahmer showed the officers the two semi-nude Polaroid pictures that he had taken uh, with the boy the previous evening. The what officers the later fuck? reported, yeah, they later reported having noted a strange smell reminiscent of excrement inside the apartment. And oh. this was from the uh, body that was decomposing on the floor. Right. Yeah. So Dahmer stated that the um, 
To investigate this, one officer simply peeked his head around the bedroom, but didn't really get a good look. What the, the officers then how left How do you miss with, a dead body? Right? How do you the miss officers, the body of like a 30-something-year-old man? I don't even know. Maybe it was on the other side of the bed, like by a wall or something. I don't know how his bedroom was laid out. Um, okay. The officers then left with a departing remark that Dahmer, take good care of Synthesome Phone. Oh, he um, will, all right. Yeah. Had they conducted a background check on Dahmer, it would have revealed that he was a convicted child molester under probation. And upon the departure of the two police officers from his apartment, Dahmer again injected hydrochloric acid into Synthesome Phone's brain. Uh. On this second occasion, the injection proved fatal. And oh the following God. day, yeah, he, this kid was through so much. 14 oh. years old, by the way. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so the following day, on May 28th, Dahmer took a day's leave from work to devote himself to the dismemberment of the bodies of Synthesome Phone and Hughes. He retained both of the victim's skulls. What the fuck? On June 30th, Dahmer traveled to Chicago, where he encountered a 20-year-old uh, named Matt Turner at a bus station. Turner accepted Dahmer's offer to travel to Milwaukee for a professional photo shoot at Dahmer's that apartment. That doesn't sound fake. Right. At Dahmer's apartment, he drugged, strangled, and dismembered Turner and placed his head and internal organs in, a se in separate plastic bags in his freezer. And oh, Turner was not reported missing. Five days later, on July 5th, Dahmer lured 23-year-old Jeremiah Weinberger from a Chicago bar into his apartment on the promise of spending the weekend with him. He drugged Weinberger and twice injected boiling water into his skull, sending oh. him into a coma... Yeah, from which he died two days later. Oh. It's almost over. <laughs> on July 15th, Dahmer encountered 24-year-old Oliver Lacey on the corner of 27th and Kilbourne. Lacey agreed to Dahmer's uh, offer of posing for nude photographs and accompanied him to his apartment, where the pair engaged in tentative sexual activity before Dahmer drugged Lacey. On this occasion, Dahmer intended to prolong the time he spent with Lacey uh, while alive, and after unsuccessfully attempting to render Lacey unconscious with chloroform, he phoned his workplace to request a day's absence, and it was granted, although the next day he was suspended. After strangling Lacey, Dahmer had sex with the corpse before dismembering him. He placed Lacey's head and heart in the refrigerator and his skeleton in the freezer. Four days later, on July 19th, Dahmer received word that he was fired. And upon the receipt of this news, Dahmer lured 25-year-old Joseph Brandhoff to his apartment. Uh, Brandhoff was strangled and left lying on Dahmer's bed, covered with a sheet for two days. On Jan Yeah. Where was he sleeping then? Just in a pile of bodies? Think, I was going to say, I don't want to think about that. Right? On like, July 21st, Dahmer removed... <laughs> Not anymore. <laughs> july 21st Dahmer removed the sheets to find the head covered in maggots oh, oh. uh yeah whereupon he decapitated the body cleaned the head and placed it in the refrigerator he later acidified bradenhoff's torso along with those of the two other victims he had killed within the previous month <coughs> so yeah that's so the something. next day the next day on july 22nd 1991, Dahmer approached three men with an offer of $100. He upped his payment to come with him to his apartment to pose for nude photographs, drink beer, and keep him company. 
One of the men, 32-year-old Tracy Edwards, agreed to go with Dahmer. Oh, God. When he entered the apartment, Edwards noted a bad smell and boxes of hydrochloric acid on the floor. And which he ran, Dahmer, right? We're getting to it. Oh, which uh, Dahmer claimed he used for cleaning bricks. Oh, bolt to the shit. Do you see any bricks in this apartment? Um, after some minor conversation, Edwards responded to Dahmer's request to turn his... Uh, head and view his tropical fish no. where Dahmer placed handcuffs on his wrist. When Edwards yeah, when Edwards asked what's happening, Dahmer unsuccessfully attempted to cuff his wrists together, much like our old friend Bundy. Not so good with the handcuffs. That's like, that should be like, if there was a serial killer school, there needs to Lesson be one like handcuffs? handcuffs 101. Yes. Yeah. They're not though that good with the handcuffs. Handcuffs 101. Yeah. So reading um, glasses 101. <laughs> don't wear glasses, just ever. No. I don't care if you can't see. Um. Where was I? Uh. He then told Edwards to accompany him to the bedroom to pose for nude pictures, and while inside the bedroom, Edwards noted nude male posters on the wall, and a videotape of The Exorcist Three was playing. He also fuck? noted, yeah, that apparently that was like his pump up jam. That's not like, even the good one. No, he watched The Exorcist three and made him in the mood for murdering. Oh, okay. Um, but he also noted in the room was a blue fifty seven gallon drum in the corner from which a strong odor was emanating. Nope. Let's guess what's in there. Um, uh, I'm gonna go with a body for two hundred, Alex. What is ding, a body? Ding, ding. <laughs> it's time for the uh, daily double. Dahmer then took out a knife and informed Edwards that he intended to take nude pictures of him. In an attempt to appease Dahmer, Edwards unbuttoned his shirt, saying that he would allow him to do so if he removed the handcuffs and put the knife away. In response to this promise, Dahmer simply turned his attention towards the TV. Oh God! Edwards observed Dahmer rocking back and forth and chanting before turning his attention back to him. He placed his head on Edward's chest, listened to his heartbeat with the knife pressed against his uh, intended victim. He informed Edwards he intended to eat his heart. Uh, in continuous attempts to prevent Dahmer from attacking him, Edwards repeated that he was Dahmer's friend and that he was not going to run away. Edwards had decided that he was going to either jump from a window or run through the unlocked front door at the next available opportunity. So he's a liar. Anything to get this fucking psycho with the knife away <laughs> no, from me. No, exactly. And imagine being in that situation where, like, somebody basically just, like, looks at you and they're like, I'm going to eat your heart. Yeah, right? Like, um, no. no. When thanks. Edwards next stated that he needed to use the bathroom, he asked if he could, if they could sit with a beer in the living room uh, where it was air conditioned. And Dahmer said yes. And they went to the living room, and Edwards exited the bathroom. Inside the living room, Edwards waited until he observed Dahmer have a momentary lapse of concentration before requesting to use the bathroom again. Then Edwards rose from the couch. He noted Dahmer was not holding the handcuffs, and oh. Edwards punched him in the face, yeah. knocking Dahmer off balance, and ran out the front door. Yeah, bitch. You just gotta bide your time. That's that's lesson number one, ladies. Yeah. At 11.30 p.m. on July 22nd, Edwards flagged down two Milwaukee police officers on the corner of North 25th Street. The officers noted that Edwards had a handcuff attached to his wrist. 
and he explained that uh, he explained to the officers that a quote unquote freak had placed the handcuffs on him and asked him if the police could remove them. When the officers uh, handcuff keys failed to fit the brand of handcuffs, Edwards agreed to accompany the officers to the apartment where, as Edwards had stated, he had spent the previous five hours before escaping. When the officers and Edwards arrived at apartment 213, Dahmer invited them inside and acknowledged that he had indeed placed the handcuffs on Edwards, although he offered no explanation as to why he had done so. At this point, Edwards divulged to the officers that Dahmer had also brandished a large knife on him and that uh, this happened in the bedroom. Dahmer made no comment to this revelation, indicating to the officers, uh, Rolf Muller, that the key to the handcuffs was in his bedside dresser in the bedroom. As Muller entered the bedroom, Dahmer attempted to pass Muller to retrieve the key, wherein the the second officer, uh, Robert Rath, informed him to back off. Aw, yeah. Yeah, this is where... Better cops than before. This is where it all goes down. Good. In the bedroom... Good, good, good. In the bedroom, Muller noted that there was indeed a large knife beneath the bed, and he also saw an open drawer, which, upon closer inspection, contained tons of Polaroid pictures, many of which were human bodies in various stages of dismemberment. Oh my god. Yeah. Muller noted that the decor indicated that he had taken, uh, um... He had taken in very little while he was standing in the apartment. He walked through the living room to show them to his partner, uttering the words, these are for real. Oh, shit. (laughs) When, yeah, when Dahmer saw that Muller was holding several of his photographs, he fought with the officers in an effort to resist arrest. The officers quickly overpowered him, handcuffed his hands behind his back, and called for a second squad car for backup. Yeah, bitch. At this point... Muller opened the refrigerator. Oh, no. To reveal the freshly severed head of a black male on the bottom shelf. Oh, my God. As Dahmer lay pinned on the floor beneath Wrath, he turned his head towards the officers and muttered the words, For what I did, I should be dead. No fucking shit. Yeah. Um, A more detailed search of the apartment (sighs) conducted by the Criminal Investigation Bureau revealed a total of four severed heads in Dahmer's kitchen. Seven skulls, some painted, some bleached, were found in Dahmer's bedroom and inside a closet. Painted? Yeah. So, like, he sugar-skulled the fuck out of some of them? Him and Gein's, uh... Arts and crafts. Knick-knack store would just be... They should have gone on Martha Stewart. They should have had a shop on Etsy. Oh. Or Martha Stewart. I don't know. On what... Actually, no. Because I was gonna say, I don't know that Martha Stewart is that, like, hardcore. But then again, she did time. She did. That's she true. She did time. <coughs> so you know what? She very well could be a hardcore badass bitch. She could be. Who knows? She's got that show, Cooking with Martha and Snoop, Snoop and Martha, yeah. whatever it is, which is delightful if you haven't seen it. <laughs> Perfect. I love it. Um, in addition, investigators discovered uh, collected blood drippings in a tray at the bottom of Dahmer's refrigerator, plus two human hearts and a portion of an arm muscle, each wrapped inside plastic bags on the shelves. In Dahmer's freezer, investigators discovered an entire torso, plus a bag of human organs and flesh stuck to ice at the bottom. Oh! Yeah. Elsewhere, in apartment 213, investigators discovered two entire skeletons, a pair of severed hands, two severed preserved penises. What the fuck? A mummified... Yeah. 
a mummified scalp, and in the 57-gallon drum, three further dismembered torsos devolving in acid solution. A total of 74 Polaroid pictures detailing the dismemberment of Dahmer's victims were found. Jesus. In reference to the recovery of body parts and artifacts at 924 North 25th Street, the chief medical examiner later stated, quote, it was more like dismantling someone's museum than an actual crime scene. End oh, quote. God. Yeah. And that's crazy because he was actually going to be making, like, he had, like, a little drawing that he wanted to make of a, a little shrine that he was starting with, like, heads and stuff. Arthur, you make my girlhood tremble. <sighs> Just, <laughs> oof. <laughs> so, in the beginning, um, in the early hours of July 23rd, 1991, Dahmer was questioned by Detective Patrick Kennedy as, um, as to the murders that he had committed and the evidence found in his apartment. Over the following two weeks, Kennedy and later Detective Patrick Murphy conducted numerous interviews with Dahmer, which then combined totaled over 60 hours. Dahmer waived his right to have a lawyer present through his interrogations, adding he wished to confess as uh, he had, quote, created this horror and it only makes sense that I do everything to put an end to it, end quote. On one hand, that's all very well and good. On the other hand, Mm -hmm. what a dumb bitch well (laughs) like it's nice that he wants to take responsibility if you look at all the shit that was found in his apartment do you think he's getting out of it no i know but at least he could try to like i don't know not get like the death penalty well wisconsin doesn't have the death penalty oh yeah so he was never going to get the death penalty okay well they didn't at this time i don't know if they do now but um yeah they didn't have the death penalty so what's he gonna get life there's nothing uh, else. Um, yeah. There's literally nothing else he can do. It's just however many counts of life they feel like throwing at him. Yeah. So um, he's actually one of the serial killers that we have some of the most firsthand information about because he was so readily willing to just talk about everything that happened. Um, he readily admitted to having murdered 16 young men in Wisconsin since 1987 and one victim, Stephen Hicks, that he killed in Ohio in 1978. And most of the victims had been rendered unconscious prior to their murder, although some had died as a result of having the acid or boiling water injected into their brains. Um, He has no memory of the murder of Tuomi, which he was unsure whether he was unconscious when he was beaten to death, although he did concede that it was possible that his viewing the exposed chest of Stephen Tuomi um, while in a drunken stupor may have led to an unsuccessful attempt to tear Tuomi's heart from his chest. (laughs) Yeah. So although uh, almost all the murders Dahmer committed before moving, uh, sorry, after moving into the Oxford Apartments, had involved a ritual of posing the victim's bodies in suggestive positions, typically with the chest thrust outward prior to dismemberment. He readily admitted to performing necrophilia with several of his victims' bodies. Uh, Yeah. Uh, No thanks. Yeah, let's plug your ears for this one. Um, Earmuffs. including, (laughs) Including performing sexual acts with their viscera as he dismembered their bodies in his bathtub. All right, I might be a dumbass. What's viscera? Uh, that's all your inside goop. No! Why did you tell me that? <laughs> that's your goop. <laughs> oh, Gwyneth Paltrow is screaming. I don't like it. Um, Hashtag not noted, my goop. 
having noted that not uh that much of the blood pooled inside the victim's chest after death Dahmer first removed their internal organs and then suspended the torso so that the blood drained into his bathtub before Jesus dicing fuck. any organs uh he did not wish to retain and paring the flesh from the body oh. the bones he yeah he had a whole system well okay a man uh, with a plan the bones he wished to dispose of were pulverized or acidified with Soilex and bleach solutions that he used to aid in the preservation of skeletons and skulls that he wished to keep. I thought you said with Soylent at first, and I was like, Jesus. Soylent green? I, I was like, I knew that shit was gross. <laughs> Soilex, that's what he used uh, in the very beginning with, um, what's his name, Stephen Hicks. Oh, God. Um what else uh in addition he confessed to having consumed the hearts livers biceps and portions of thighs of several victims within the previous year and describing the increase in the rate of his killings in the two months prior to his arrest he stated that he had been completely swept along with his compulsion to kill adding quote it was an incessant and never-ending desire to be with someone at whatever cost someone good looking really nice looking it just filled my thoughts all day long end quote you don't have to fucking eat them or kill them, it, but like especially that was just his eat thing. them. I mean, I'm not talking like DJ Khaled not eat them. I'm just saying like you don't have to like yeah. consume their flesh. Um. Well, when he was asked why he had preserved a total of seven skulls and the entire skeletons of two of his victims, Dahmer stated that he had been in the process of constructing a private altar of victim skulls, which he had intended to adorn upon the black table located in his living room and upon which he had yeah he had photographed the bodies of many of his victims this display of skulls was to be adorned at each side with a complete skeleton of ernest miller and oliver lacy the four severed heads from the kitchen were to be removed of all the flesh and used in this altar and uh as was the skull of at least one future victim Incense sticks were going to be placed at each end of the black table, above which Dahmer had intended to place a large blue lamp with extending blue globe lights. The entire construction was to be uh, placed before his window, covered with black opaque shower curtain, in front of which Dahmer intended to sit in a black leather chair. Um, when asked on November 18, 1991, whether... Um, Sorry, uh, who the altar was dedicated to, Dahmer replied, quote, myself. It was to take place, it, it was to be a place where I could feel at home, end quote. Oh, cute. Yeah. He further described his intended altar as a place of meditation from which he would believe he would be able to draw a sense of power, adding, quote, if this, meaning his arrest, had happened six months later, that's what they would have found, end quote. Yikes. So he was like all ready for the arts and crafts. I think I have like a a picture of the drawing that is everything that's like described and what I just said. So I'll put that on the website. Okay. It's very interesting. It's like the um the map that uh Gacy drew to show where all the bodies are in his house. Oh, it's God. just weird. It's just weird seeing stuff like that. Yeah, it's no. very uh. Surreal. Very interesting. Yeah, it's, it's just weird. On July 25th, 1991, Dahmer was charged with four counts of murder. By four, August, that's it? Well, by August 22nd, he was charged with a further 11 counts of murder okay, committed in the state of Wisconsin. Up. Yeah. And on September 14th, investigators in Ohio... <gasps> that's having, my mom's birthday! Happy birthday! Happy well, birthday! Uh, 
On that day, investigators in Ohio uh, uncovered hundreds of bone fragments in the woods behind the address which Dahmer had confessed to killing his first victim, formally identified um, two molars and a vertebrae with x-ray records of Stephen Mark Hicks. Three days later, Dahmer was charged by authorities in Ohio with the murder, with the murder of Stephen Hicks. Happy birthday, Dahmer. Mom. <laughs> Dahmer was not charged... With the attempted murder of Tracy Edwards, nor the murder of Stephen Tuomi, he was not charged with Tuomi's murder because the Milwaukee County District Attorney only brought charges where murder could have been proven beyond a reasonable doubt. And Dahmer had say, no. Mem- <laughs> I was like, "What did they? Were they like, all right, like twelve's enough? Like we don't need yeah, these right? guys. We only need the dead ones." So Dahmer had no memory of actually committing this particular murder, for which there was no physical evidence of the crime that ever existed. And um, at a scheduled preliminary hearing on January 13th, 1992, Dahmer pleaded guilty but insane to 15 counts of murder. The trial of Jeffrey Dahmer began on January 30th, 1992. He was tried in Milwaukee for 15 counts of murder before Judge Lawrence Graham. He pleaded guilty on January 13th, like I said, um... He had waived his right to initial trial um, to establish guilt as defined in Wisconsin law. The issue debated um, by opposing counsel at Dahmer's trial was to determine whether he suffered from either a mental or personality disorder. The prosecution claimed that any disorders did not deprive Dahmer of the ability to appreciate the criminality of his conduct or deprive him of the ability to resist his impulses. The defense argued that Dahmer suffered from a mental disease and was driven by obsession and impulses that he was unable to control. Either one of these could be right. There's obviously something wrong in his head, but we don't know exactly what it is. But there's something. Maybe he had hydrochloric acid in his brain. There's there's some type of mental uh, incapacity happening. Well, I wonder if it's that or if it's less incapacity and more like, for example, I think it's when you have an iron deficiency and you get cravings for dirt and shit like that. I wonder if there is some kind of mental disorder, disability, what have you, where yeah. you don't like... It, it's and how how do I put this that you are not even able to stop yourself from yeah like some primal this, thing craving this exactly like yeah I, um I made a terrible mistake and I watched a movie called Thirteen Ghosts I think that's what it's Perfect. called it's got Tony that Shalhoub. sounds that sounds right up your alley you know yeah I, it was a super big mistake but it was a watch party and I was editing for a client so I needed like something to do to like have on in the background so I didn't go crazy. And it was not a good choice. Um, Matthew Lillard from Scooby-Doo is in it. But more importantly, Tony Shalhoub and Shannon Elizabeth, and I can't remember the other actor's name. Um, The movie is specifically well known because it's one of the few that has three um, Middle Eastern actors in like main roles, which I think is really cool. That is really cool. Um, Also, didn't know Shannon Elizabeth, who's from American Pie. She's the foreign exchange student. That she was fucking Middle Eastern. Like, that's really cool. Um, Huh. But no, there was was a... One of the ghost characters 
he had a thing for killing, raping, dismembering, all that other stuff. Women, specifically prostitutes, or excuse me, sex workers. I'm still trying mm-hmm. to teach myself. Um, specifically sex workers. And he checked himself into a mental health facility though i think i think they called it asylum but also this was like millions of years ago so Uh like eh. um but because he knew that there was something wrong with him and that he couldn't control himself yeah and was he batshit crazy even in the afterlife yes but more importantly i wonder how circling back to my initial thought how often that is the case except with people who don't make that conscious decision. Okay, I'm going to check to myself get in help. somewhere. Yeah. yeah, or if they even realize that they need help, if that's not their normal. Yeah, I think um, I think part of Dahmer's alcoholism was trying to um, like get rid of these... Yeah, that, yeah, and get rid of these thoughts and these feelings and everything. And it, I think it also had to do with his um, kind of um, trying to repress his sexuality a little bit. Oh, absolutely. I'm sure that's it. Not even he, just he, repress it, but just like like you were saying, to forget because he feels so guilty and maybe even also so he could kind of embrace it if he ever needed to like ask a dude if he wants to hook up minus the murder and mutilation and shit. Yeah, I think it was also like, because he said in a bunch of interviews and everything that like he was ashamed to be homosexual. Of course so, he was. That was the time. That was what they taught you. Yeah. It's so, not like today where people are so accepting. Mm-hmm. And he did have to, like, get blackout for, like, all of these murders. So, like... Yeah. Like I, we had already said in, like, the last episode, he had said that killing was a means to an end. He didn't want to do it. That's why he got blackout, and that's why he drugged somebody so that they wouldn't resist, and that's why he, like, strangled them. He did it as quickly and efficiently as he possibly could so that he could get to the part that he was interested in yes yeah the product not the process i wonder if he also drugged them because then he wouldn't have to see them be in this kind of like distress and pain yeah i think that also kind of came to a head when um the first victim um that 17 year old guy uh he woke up poor kid after the um the hydrochloric acid was put in his head he was like shit this didn't work uh now this is a real problem and i'm gonna have to do this quick right it's it's very unfortunate yeah so defense experts argued that Dahmer was insane due to his necrophilic drive his compulsion to have sexual intercourse with corpses Defense expert Dr. Fred Berlin testified that Dahmer was unable to conform to uh, to conform his conduct at the time and that he committed the crimes because he was suffering from paraphilia or more specifically necrophilia. Dr. Ruth Becker, a professor of psychiatry and psych- uh, psychology at the was the second expert witness for the defense and Becker also diagnosed Dahmer with necrophilia. The final defense expert uh to testify was forensic psychiatrist Dr. Carl Wallstrom, and he diagnosed Dahmer with borderline personality disorder, schizotypal personality disorder, necrophilia, alcohol dependence, and psychotic disorder. Lots of things. Yeah. 
Um, the prosecution rejected the defense's arguments that Dahmer was insane. Forensic psychiatrist Dr. Philip Resnick testified that Dahmer did not suffer from primary necrophilia because he preferred live sexual partners, as his as was evidenced by his effort to create unresistant, submissive sexual partners devoid of rational thought and um, those needs that um, he couldn't get from like a dead body. Right. Another prosecution expert testified um, uh, testified his belief that Dahmer was without mental disease or defect, and at the time that he committed the murders, he described Dahmer as calculating and cunning individual, um, able to differentiate between right and wrong with the ability to control his actions. Although um, he did not state his belief that Dahmer suffered from paraphilia, his conclusion was that Dahmer was not a sadist. Yeah, I Weird. can agree with that. Yeah, I don't think I mean, he got anything out of the physical murdering. Yeah. And even maybe even the dismembering. Yeah. I'm going to bop on past some of this trial <laughs> stuff. Bop to the top. So the trial lasted two weeks, and on February 14th, both counsels delivered their closing arguments to the jury. Each counsel was allowed to speak for two hours. Defense attorney wow. Gerald... Gerald Boyle argued first, repeatedly harking on the testimony of the mental health professionals, almost all of whom had agreed that Dahmer was suffering from mental disease. Boyle argued that Dahmer's compulsive killings had been a result of a sickness he discovered and not chose. How the Boyle fuck portrayed did he Dahmer something like this? I don't even know. Like when he got that case, like did he draw the shortest straw or something? Like. Jesus. Well, we'll talk about we'll talk about in like a Gacy episode, um, the book that was written about Gacy, like one of the the mm-hmm. most well known, is by Gacy's attorney. Huh. So it does give kind of a cool, different yeah. side of like what what is it like? So especially because with your with lawyers, you're supposed to tell them everything, right? Yeah, and then they just pick and choose what they want to be forthcoming with. That's how it goes, uh, right? They're supposed to they're supposed to paint the best, most innocent. Yes, picture. that's what I'm saying. They pick and choose. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. They pick and choose. So yeah. he killed X number of people. Well, th- they were never going to say that he never killed anyone. He also, also loved his nana. He also confessed to it all. So now exactly. now what they're trying to do is lessen the amount of lifetime sentences he's gonna get. Um Jesus. Where was I? Boyle betrayed Dahmer as yeah he betrayed Dahmer as a desperately lonely and profoundly sick individual so out of control he could not conform to his conduct anymore. Following the defense counsel's 75-minute closing argument, Michael McCann delivered his closing argument for the prosecution, describing Dahmer as a sane man in full control of his actions, who simply strove to avoid detection. McCann argued that the act of murder was committed in. Uh, hostility, anger, resentment, frustration, or hatred, and that the 15 victims for uh, whose murder he was tried died merely to afford Dahmer a period of sexual pleasure. McCann further argued that by pleading guilty, he was uh, but insane to the charges. Dahmer was seeking to escape responsibility for his crimes. On February 15th, the court reconvened to hear the verdict. Dahmer was ruled to be sane and not suffering from a mental disorder at the time of each of the 15 murders for which he was tried, although on each count, two of the 12 jurors uh, signified their dissent. 
one uh, on the first two counts, Dahmer was sentenced to life imprisonment plus 10 years, with the remaining 13 counts carrying a mandatory sentence of life imprisonment plus 70 years. The death penalty was not an option for Judge Graham to consider, as the penalty phase, uh, as the state of Wisconsin had abolished the capital punishment in 1853. Upon hearing of Jeffrey's sentencing, his father, Lionel, and stepmother, Sherry, requested to be allowed a 10-minute private meeting with their son before he was transferred to the Columbia Correctional Institute in Portridge. Um, Wait, what about his bio mom? Joyce? I don't know. Okay. I think I might have a picture for the website of... I don't know if it was her or if it was Bundy. I have, I have a picture of a mother finding out that her son got uh, life sentence. It might be Louise Bundy, oh. but I thought it was Joyce Dahmer. I will check and okay. I will post. If it's there, you'll know which one I picked. Um, <laughs> yeah, so uh, they requested a, a private meeting with him and it was granted and they exchanged hugs and well wishes before Dahmer was escorted away to begin his sentence. Three months after his conviction for 15 murders in Milwaukee, Dahmer was extradited to Ohio to be tried for the murder of his first victim, Stephen Hicks. In a court hearing lasting just 45 minutes, Dahmer again pleaded guilty to the charges and was sentenced to a 16th term of life imprisonment on May 1st, 1992. Upon sentencing, Dahmer was transferred to the Columbia Correctional Institute in Portridge, Wisconsin. For the first year of his incarceration, Dahmer was placed in solitary confinement due to concerns for his physical safety oh, wow. uh, should he come in contact with fellow inmates. Yeah. So Dahmer's consent, uh, with Dahmer's consent, after one year in solitary confinement, he was transferred to a less secure unit where he was assigned a two-hour daily work detail cleaning the toilet block. Ew. Shortly after completing... Yeah, great. That's Shortly prison after for completing... <laughs> His lengthy uh, confessions in 1991, Dahmer had requested to de uh, Detective Patrick Murphy that he be given a copy of the Bible. His request was granted, and Dahmer gradually devoted himself to Christianity and became a born-again Christian. The fuck? With, yeah. With his father's urging, he also read uh, creationist books from the Institute for Creation Research. In May of 1994, Dahmer was baptized by Roy Ratcliffe, a minister in the Church of Christ and a graduate of Oklahoma Christian University in the prison what whirlpool. That was like. Yeah. Yeah, to following be a his fly baptism, on that wall. <laughs> following his baptism, Ratcliffe visited Dahmer on a weekly basis up until November of 1994. Dahmer and Ratcliffe hey, regularly I was alive then. Yeah. I'm alive I was finally. Too. You were like that was around your birthday when you were yeah. when you were but two. E. So this time, 24 years ago. Yeah, it's crazy to think that it was like so recent. Such a such a wee babe. Yeah, that's kind of creepy. Yeah. I was, I, or or if you want to get real like fucked up about it, I was alive when Jeffrey Dahmer was alive. Yeah, right? Yeah, that's a little bit more fucked up. Okay. Um Dahmer and Ratcliffe regularly discussed the prospect of death, and Dahmer questioned whether he was sinning against God by continuing to live. Referring Aww. to his crimes in a 1994 interview with Stone Phillips on Dateline NBC, which is like one of the best yes. Dahmer interviews of ever, um, I'll put that on the website, Dahmer stated, quote, if a person doesn't think that there is a God to be accountable to, then what's the point of trying to modify your behavior to keep within an acceptable range? That's how I thought of it anyway. End quote. 
on uh sorry in july of 1994 a fellow inmate oswald druthy uh attempted to slash Dahmer's throat with Ooh, a razor shit. embedded in a toothbrush oh i've heard about this i've seen Oral orange is the new black <laughs> as Dahmer returned to his cell uh from uh ratcliffe's weekly church service conducted in the prison chapel Dahmer received superficial wounds, but was not seriously hurt by the incident. According to Dahmer's family, he had long been ready to die and accepted any punishment which he might endure in prison. In addition to this, uh, in addition to his father and stepmother retaining regular contact, this is where his mom comes back in, uh, Joyce retained regular contact with her son, although prior to his arrest, the two had not seen each other since Christmas of 1983. Uh, Joyce Dahmer related <clears throat> related that in her weekly phone calls, whenever she expressed concerns for her son's physical well-being, Dahmer responded with comments to the effect of, it doesn't matter, Mom, I don't care if anything happens to me. All right, and, he's, a, he's a fucking psycho murderer, but that's kind of sad. Yeah, so on the morning of November 28th, 1994, Dahmer left his cell to go to his assigned work detail. You were just him- finishing celebrating your second birthday? Yep. Yes. Accompanying him were two fellow inmates, Jesse Anderson and Christopher Scarver. The three men. Scarver, yes. Well, that sounds like the name of a killer. (laughs) The three men were left unsupervised in the showers of the prison gym for about 20 minutes. At approximately 8 10 a.m., Dahmer was discovered on the floor of the bathrooms of the gym, suffering from extreme head and facial wounds. Oh, shit. He had been severely bludgeoned in the head and face with a 20-inch metal bar. Oh, shit! Uh, yeah. Uh, what, his head had also been repeatedly... Where that? They were in the, um... Shower. The prison gym. The oh, prison the gym. Yeah, but it was the gym. The gym showers. Uh, um, but, like, still, so, where do you hide that? That's 20 inches. That's, like, almost two feet. Like, that's... He must have just grabbed it from the, the gym itself. They're allowed to work out, and they have like yeah, but like big how machines you, again, and stuff. How do you hide that shit? Like Jesus Christ. Um, although Dahmer was still alive um, when he was found, he was rushed to a nearby hospital. He was pronounced dead an hour later. Uh, Anderson had also been beaten with the same instrument and died two days later from his wounds. Scarver, who was serving a life sentence for a murder he committed in 1990, informed authorities that he first attacked Dahmer with metal bar as Dahmer was cleaning a staff locker room before attacking Anderson as he cleaned an inmate locker room. According to Scarver, Dahmer did not yell or make any noise when he was attacked. Wow. Immediately after attacking both men, Scarver, who was thought to be schizophrenic, returned to his cell and informed a prison guard... God told me to do it. Jesse Anderson and Jeffrey Dahmer are dead. Oh, God. Scarver was adamant that he had not planned the attacks in advance, although he later divulged to investigators that he concealed the 20-inch iron bar used to kill both men in his clothing shortly before the killings. Okay, that makes more sense. That's because, all right, I've got a thing. Not only are jumpsuits ugly, like in prison, yes, okay, sure, but wouldn't it make more sense to have them be more like form-fitting form for that reason like yes yeah. you look cute but also like it's functional and fashionable yeah and what i Just also thought, thought was weird i thought it was weird that um uh Dahmer killed his first victim with a kind of weight like a crowbar weight yeah. type thing and that's how he was di- that's how he died i didn't even think about that that's really hmm 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's kind of weird. Mm-hmm. Full circle. Yeah, that's exactly um, it. Full circle. This this is sad. Upon oh, learning no. of his death, uh, Dahmer's mother, Joyce Flint, responded angrily to the media, quote, Are, is everybody happy now? Now that he's bludgeoned to death, is that is that good enough for everyone? Oh, that is sad. Yeah. Like, the imagine being the- Jeffrey Dahmer's mother. Uh, actually, I'll get to that. Oh, no. Yeah. So um, the response of the families of Dahmer's victim were mixed, although it appears um, most were pleased by his death. The district attorney who prosecuted Dahmer, yeah, they cautioned against turning Scarver into a folk hero, noting that Dahmer's death was still murder, which it is. Yes. It's still bad. Yes. On May 15th, 1995, Scarver was sentenced to two additional terms of life imprisonment for the murders of Dahmer and Anderson. Although Scarver had confessed in 1994 to having concealed the weapon used to kill the men in his clothing on the mornings of the murders. In 2015, he publicly stated that the murder of Jeffrey Dahmer and uh, Anderson had resulted from a confrontation in which one of the two men had poked him in the back and uh, as they had been doing their work detail. In this renewed account of the events, Scarver claimed that the two had laughed at him while he had turned around in response before Darver and, uh, so, sorry, Dahmer and Anderson each walked into separate rooms to begin their cleaning duty, with Scarver following Dahmer towards the staff locker room. Um, I'm just going to skip a bunch of stuff. Oh, okay. Nope, no, no <laughs> biggie. Get, I want to get to the good The shit. good good. That good good. Yeah. Dahmer's estate was awarded to the families of 11 of his victims who had sued for damages. In 1996, Thomas Jacobson, a lawyer representing eight of the families, announced the plan to auction Dahmer's estate. Although victims' relatives stated that the motivation was not greed, the announcement sparked controversy. A civic group called the Milwaukee Civic Pride was quickly established in an effort to raise the funds to purchase and destroy Dahmer's possessions. The group pledged $407,225, including a $100,000 gift by Milwaukee real estate developer Joseph Zilber for purchase of Dahmer's estate. Five of the eight families represented by Jacobson agreed to the terms, and Dahmer's possessions were subsequently destroyed and buried in an undisclosed Illinois landfill. On August 5th, 1991, a candlelight vigil to celebrate and heal the Milwaukee community was attended by more than 400 people. Present wow. at the vigil were community leaders, gay rights activists, and family members of several of Dahmer's victims. Organizers stated that the purpose of the vigil was to enable Milwaukeeans to, quote, share their feelings of pain and anger over what had happened, end quote. The Oxford Apartments at 924 North 25th Street, where Dahmer had killed 12 of his victims, were demolished in November of 1992. Good. I was wondering about that. Yeah. The like, site is now a vacant oh, lot. Yeah. Oh, shocking. Plans to convert the site into either a memorial garden, a playground, or reconstruct new housing have failed to take place. Yes, let's construct a playground in memory of the victims of the pedophile. I don't even know, man. That seems Um, like a right idea. Yeah. Lionel Dahmer is retired, and he now lives with his second wife, Sherry. Both have refused to change their last name, and they have uh, professed their love for Jeffrey in spite of his crimes. In 1994, uh, Lionel published a book um, called A Father's Story and donated a portion of the proceeds of the book to the victims' families. Most of the families showed support for Lionel and Sherry, although three families uh, subsequently sued Lionel Dahmer, two for using their names in the book without obtaining prior consent, 
and a third family, that of Stephen Hicks, filed a wrongful death suit against Lionel Dahmer, Sherry, and former wife Joyce, citing parental negligence as the cause for the claim. Hmm. Yeah. Joyce Flint died of, <clears throat> died of cancer in November of 2000. Prior to her death, she had attempted suicide on at least one occasion. Oh, that's sad. And Jeffrey's younger brother, David, changed his last name and lives in anonymity. Understandable. Yeah. So now we're going to get into the pop culture side. There's, like I said, there's so many books. Uh, like I just mentioned, the one that um, Lionel Dahmer wrote right. there's one that roy ratcliffe wrote the the guy the spiritual leader kind of guy um yeah there's a bunch that were like had little connections to uh Dahmer at some point that wrote like books or articles or stuff so i'll put a bunch of that on the website and obviously he's mentioned in a, any book that like talks about serial killers so the um my favorite would probably be what's his name? I don't know what is his name. <sighs> I'm trying to think of it. <laughs> he he writes like a a bunch. Of, he wrote um the like the book to read on Gein. Mm. I can't think of his name right now. I'm totally blanking. But Andrew I'll post it on the website. Rule. No. <laughs> <laughs> um. Robert Galbraith. So, <laughs> so some of the movies. <laughs> Some of the movies about him were The Secret Life of Jeffrey Dahmer, and that was released in 1993. Um, It's got an audience score of 46 on Rotten Tomatoes and a Google score of 82. Oh, that's... And then there was uh, Dahmer, which was a biographical picture released in 2002. It stars Jeremy Renner as the title role. Really? And Coast... Yeah. There's some pictures. Don't worry. There's even gifts I'm posting on. No uh, fucking shit. Also, 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 it's GIF. Don't make me divorce you. We've already spoken about this. And we're going to continue to speak about it. This movie got a 68% on Rotten Tomatoes, 40% audience score, and 81% on Google. Not bad all around. Yep. Then there was Raising Jeffrey Dahmer, and it was released in 2008, and it revolved around the reactions of Dahmer's parents following the arrest in 1991. It stars Rusty Sneary as Dahmer, and co-stars... Yeah, I guess. That's a good name. Scott Kordz as Lionel. Uh, That's less of a good name. (laughs) It's not on um, Rotten Tomatoes, but... Oh, no, it it is, but But it doesn't have an actual score. It's got an 18%. So Ooh, maybe not Ooh. there in our hearts. Maybe um, more like in our butts. There's the Jeffrey Dahmer Files, and then that was an independent documentary that premiered at South by Southwest in 2012. Okay. And it features interviews with Dahmer's former neighbor Pamela Bass, Ooh, as well that's as an detective perspective. Yeah, as well as Detective Patrick Kennedy and the city medical examiner Jeffrey Jensen. I was going to say Rod- <laughs> Jeffrey. Yeah. <what>? yeah. <laughs> Dama. Rotten Tomato score of 64, audience score of 41, Google score of 81. And I think this is the movie that um, gets the quote from the neighbor that um, uh, Dahmer once made her a sandwich. What? And now she's very concerned that she ate human flesh. Oh, fuck. I don't know. I don't know if he was that sick of a puppy. I don't know. Like yeah, if, I don't know like, if he would do that to other people. Yeah, because he had all this problem with, like, hurting other people. Like, I don't know that he would do that. Like, yeah. for example, like, 
other killers i can imagine or like wasn't there a guy recently who had like a hamburger shop or something like that yeah like a hamburger stand and he yeah, uh, was putting he gave his everyone. victims in the burgers yeah like um the last one is probably the movie that everybody now knows because yep. it's very recent. It's yep. My Friend Dahmer. Yep. And that premiered at the Tribeca Film Festival on April 25th, 2017. And it's based on the graphic novel by John Bachdorf, and it stars Ross Lynch I didn't as know Dahmer. It was based on a graphic novel. That's pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah. The, of the same name. Yeah. And I think, I think uh, his nickname used to be Durf. So yes. it's called it's by Durf Backdurf. That's very interesting. I, now that you say that, like I'm remembering, I don't think I associated it with this movie. It's the the guy the guy that plays him in the movie is um Harvey Kinkle. Is either Alex or Nat Wolf. It Which is, one was it in is this Alex movie? Wolf. It's from the Naked Alex Brothers Wolf. band. Don't even fucking test me. <laughs> oh god, okay, all right. <laughs> Um, so He's the this one with the movie, mole. Nat is the one yes. without the mole. One was in a John. What's a what? The sad guy. The sad guy. Um, John Green. One was in a John Green movie. The other was in the sequel to My Big Fat Greek Wedding. That's how you tell okay. them apart. Um, so it chronicles his years through high school and um, up to the events of his first murder. Right. And it's got a Rotten Tomato score of eighty six, an audience score of sixty three a Google score of 88, and a me score of real fucking 99. Sad. I was going to say, good it's got a me score of real fucking sad. I just it felt was, really bad for Did him. you watch it? I Like, I watched bits and pieces of it because it was like, it, it was hard in the sense, like, it was very uncomfortable to me that they were humanizing him in such a way because I felt bad for him. Like that yeah, one, I, that one scene where we talked about it in the last episode, where he's in the mall and like all the kids paid him to yeah, yeah, act yeah. like an idiot. Like it yeah. just it was because it's one thing for you to read, oh yes, and then they did this, and he did these things for money, and then he kind of felt like they maybe were making fun of him, but he was drunk, so he didn't care. It's very different reading that and actually like seeing the realization yeah. and the heartbreak on ross lynch's yeah. face also ross lynch like wow so God good damn because like i knew of him from my nannying days when he was on disney channel and i was like oh this fucking guy oh this fucking yeah. guy he's good yeah right and now he's harvey and kinkle the- on the chilling adventures of sabrina and, yeah and um oh, what's his name zach efron's joining the Zephron uh the leagues joining, of yep the leagues of disney stars playing murders long gone are the days when disney stars and starlets would just shave their heads or twerk on robin thick now we're just portraying serial killers i say we as if i am one maybe i am we don't know but yeah no they're just they're just playing killers now and honestly i don't hate it if that's how you want to sow your wild oats then so be it yeah um what else was i gonna get to Oh yeah, um, that movie um, when they show the um, the house, yeah. like his yeah. his childhood house. That's, that's actually his, house. his childhood house in yeah, Ohio. Isn't that fucked up. That's the real house. Yeah. No, I and I'm trying to remember. And the school that he like the high school that he went to, uh-huh. they asked if they could film in there, and initially they were like, <laughs> "Yeah, sure, okay," and then uh-huh. at the last minute they dipped out, and they were like, "No, like we can't do this." 
Lame. And so, yeah, I know, super lame, but also, like, they almost also got the rights to film at his high school as well. Instead, That's they filmed crazy. it. I want to say they filmed it at a high school out here in LA instead. That makes sense. Yeah. But, um, or no, um, no, I might be wrong about that too. They might have actually filmed one in, filmed it one in Ohio, like a different one. Yeah. I don't remember. I don't fucking know. Nat Wolf is not in it. Alex Wolf is in it. And Ross Lynch is pretty fucking good. So that's all I know. All right. um, as far as the music world goes, there's so many yeah. songs that reference him. He is a Metalhead's <laughs> wet dream. Yeah. Like there's uh, 213 by Slayer, Apartment 213 by Macabre. Um, uh, whatever. Uh, Dahmer <laughs> does Hollywood. Like, oh, whatever. That's it. That's all I'm going to talk about. I was trying to find like another one. Uh, Dahmer Does Hollywood by Amigo the Devil. Jeffrey Dahmer's Children's Cookbook by Fuck I'm Dead. That's like that, me. If I was a band, that would be me. Fuck I'm Dead. The band Macabre has an album uh, from the year 2000 that's called Dahmer, and the entire album is referencing like Dahmer things like Drill Bit Lobotomy, McDahmer's. Uh, Conorak, um, Temple of the Bones. Like, that's so fucked up to like write Jeffrey a song Dahmer about, and the Chocolate also, Factory. So, that sounds so good. Yeah. The Ambassador Hotel where he killed Stephen Tuomi. That's the name of the song. Grandmother's oh, House. Shit. Oh, no. Not Nana. Not Nana. Hitchhiker is song number one. This. Yeah. Um, oh, I'll put a bunch more on the, uh, the website. R.I.P. Um, Nana. And the last thing I just wanted to get to, which not a lot of people know because it's kind of like under the radar, there is a poet named Sierra de Mulder, who is one of my favorite poets. And she wrote um, like a slam poem called Mrs. Dahmer. And I'm going to put the video on the website because her performing it is just like bone chilling I like was, it's so good that's also that's real fucking weird because the words that like showed up in my head when you paused was it like bone chilling yeah like oh that's it's really cool. good i do not i do not do it justice but i'm gonna leave you guys with the uh poem so go to the website crimeculturepodcast.tumblr.com if you want to like watch the video if you want to read any of the books that i'm going to post listen to any of the songs i'll try to put like a spotify playlist if i can get to it um (laughs) i got a lot of shit going on um but uh yeah social media is all there facebook twitter instagram all that stuff so here is mrs dahmer by sierra de I caught you once, killing a squirrel in our backyard with a rock, your eight-year-old body shivering, illuminated. Through tears, you told me you loved it. I assumed you meant the squirrel. Oh, shit. Even after I watched the news, clips of a 10-gallon blue vat being carried out of your building, your refrigerator sealed with police tape, pictures of the boys you kissed too hard. Even after I heard what they found in your refrigerator, two human heads and a heart in your freezer, I could not bring myself to call you a monster. Your father told the reporters, when I was pregnant with you, I experienced seizure-like fits. Foaming at the mouth, my swollen body would stiffen, and my eyes would peel back like paint as if I were trying to look at you. The day your apartment building was gutted and paved over, I began to obsess over your baby pictures, looking for anything that could predict the way you learned to love seeing things inside out. I held them close to my face as if some of the innocence could rub off. Your brother legally changed his last name from Dahmer, but I could not erase the stretch marks. I still see your eyes in my mirror, the scar where they pulled you like Persephone from my stomach. There is no reminiscing here. 
No one wants to hear about how you were a wonderful child. They only want to watch your car crash of a life on repeat, your adolescent obsession with roadkill, how you would bike for miles with a garbage bag filled with whatever cadavers you found on the street. How could I possibly not see this coming, they say. Did I squeeze you too tightly when we crossed the street? Child, when your father and I fought at night, did you mistake it for lovemaking? Did I teach those fingers to pluck families apart like flower petals? I love you, I love you still. Darling, was it the dead was it the sound of the dead dog's bones as your father dropped them one by one into the bucket that seduced you? Did it sound too much like your pulse? Was it the day I drove away from you, freshly graduated from high school, two months premature of your first murder? Did I put too many states between us? Did you put your own heart in the freezer next to the thought of me? Would Mary be forsaken if Jesus had not grown to be the son God had intended to father? If he did not wear a crown of thorns, but instead wrap them around his knuckles, will I be forgiven for the sins I did not commit, but created? When you were small, I told you, you can grow up to be anything. End. I think I've heard this. I think you've shared this with me. Yeah, it's it's like... It's fucked. Yeah, it's so good. And it's such like a different uh, take. Yeah. Like it's from the mother's point of view. Like it just, and one line that really resonated with me was when she talked about people only want to see your car crash of a life be played out over and over and over. Yeah. I I felt bad. I was like, oh shit, we're doing that. Oh, we're doing that right now. Like, wow. Um, But yeah. So that's all going to be on the website, like I said. That's, damn, Haley. Jesus. So have a nice Thanksgiving. Yeah, on that note. (laughs) Go eat a bunch of food after listening to this. Yep. Yeah. All right. All right. Come back next week. We got another cool thing coming up. Yeah. Oh, next week's going to be. Fun stuff. It's going to be lit. I don't know. Is lit a thing anymore? Can we say lit? I like lit. I like lit. Yeah. I like lit. All right. Stay lit, everybody. Stay lit. (laughs) Okay, bye. Bye.